Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway podcast, where we say that Jesus is the way and the rest is a conversation. Uh, we're talking about the book of John right now. We've been going throughout the New Testament, and today we're landing in John 15. We have with us today in the studio, uh, Jeremy and Lawrence. All it's great right. to be here. Our dear friends. Glad yeah. to join you guys. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Today, uh, Deli and Andy are playing hooky, but I think we're going to cover it well. Um, we were talking about, before we ever started recording, we were talking about the meaning of this scripture. I received some information from Lawrence earlier today about the value of this scripture to him and his family and his personal walk and how there's so much uh, pun intended fruit <laughs> to be taken from this chapter. Yes. And Jeremy was making a good point or it's kind of starting off talking about uh, the concept where the scripture says that we're the branches and how God prunes us, Jeremy. Yeah, branches yeah. are interesting. I, as a kid growing up climbing trees, you don't stand on the dead branch. You know that's not good, right. and and uh, you know that the dead branches really are kind of in the way of the tree, so you remove those, and that's kind of what I think as a as a young believer, like that's what Jesus needs to get rid of, all that stuff in my life that's dead, that doesn't produce life, that you know is draining the tree, draining the vine, draining you, that that's the stuff that you know you want to get rid of. But this passage doesn't really even address very much the, the branches that are, uh, that are dead, but the branches that bear no fruit, right. and even the branches that do bear fruit, he prunes. And, mm -hmm. and as I think about my life and think about the things that, have, that I've enjoyed, that something caused them to be removed from my life. Those were not pleasant experiences at the moment. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there are things that... My memory uh, is playing even, on right even as I reflect on them, the, yeah. the more recent they are, the, the higher the likelihood I might still be bitter about, right. about that being removed. And on, only years later do I realize, okay, that was painful and difficult... But it was it needed removed to be able to make room for whatever this new thing was, right. and and I can I could go back through my we don't have time for that but I could go back through my my journey and walking with him and the expectation of what that looked like and and how sometimes it was expectations that were pruned but sometimes but often it was an actual group of relationships most times yeah, yeah that. That because I think as I think of fruit, how do I measure fruit? How do I even decide what it is? And it seems like it's it's reproduction, right? Right. Fruits are fruit is how a plant reproduces. It when uh, when you have a flock, you grow a flock through reproduction, and the fruit is this reproducing of your life that's good in some in somewhere else, but that has longevity beyond the day and has meaning in the future. Yeah. And those things are hard to give up. The things that you feel like have fruit. That's like, this is my life I put into this. That's right. And, and it's what I think my future is going to be. And God is going to 
cut that out of my life. Wow. And that's what Jesus is saying. And that's not easy to have happen. So we are super, uh, and this is a super intense passage. And I still am not necessarily comfortable with it all the time. What's amazing about what you're saying, Jeremy, I'm just sitting here listening to how you kind of frame that. And it's clear that there's a timeline in the building of that good fruit. Uh, when we were talking before we recorded, you said much fruit as opposed to just fruit Just any fruit, right, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and good fruit. But this is... this a specific timeline to the development of a tree. And as it gets older, or more time maybe I should say goes by, there should be an expectation that especially if it's under, it's in the hands of someone that knows how to prune it, mm -hmm. that it will get better over time and there'll be more life over time. I think just what you said is the issue is so much of the cost of that is cutting off. Mm. And a lot of times it can be relationships, people. When you said that, I thought about us back in high school, <laughs> South High School, and all the people that I thought would be a part of my journey. Well, at the time, for, they were your whole life, they right? They were everything Yeah, that me. was your whole, yeah. whole purpose of going to school. And that's like one of the most, I think to me, in my opinion, the most dramatic first cut in your life of people is that transition out of high school. And you think, man, that was horrible, oh, but I got through it. And then you start realizing that, not just people, life is about cutting what does not make you produce. And I don't mean that in a vicious way, because it's not a, oh, drop everything. But over time, God, when he's pruning us, sometimes he just has to come in and clip things. And you see it, you're like, that was a good piece of fruit. It looked yeah. really good. Right. And God is like, yeah, but it wouldn't produce much. Lawrence, what, what are you saying on that? And how are you seeing that in that scripture? Well, like you said earlier about perspective, because it has to do with his perspective, because like you said, we're seeing it as, well, this is bearing fruit. Mm -hmm. And he's seeing it as it's getting in the way of what could actually be produced. And then the other side of that is how he wants to come in and change our perspective so that we can embrace the pruning to where we really, this is all about trust. Yeah. It's like trusting his uh, voice above our own and his value system and his kingdom because um, it's not like ours. Mm. And so sometimes the things that look really good in the natural are actually hindering what mm -hmm. he wants to do. Yeah. It's funny. The analogy that comes to my mind about it is a, a discussion that Andy and I had one day just a, about the beard. Because I'm looking and mm -hmm. we all have beards and I'm thinking about my whole beard process. Now there was a time where it was hanging down to my chest and it was robust and shiny and everything. Shiny like gray shiny or shiny? Well, we won't get into that. Because <laughs> we all got a little more, yeah, a little more now. That it we didn't did. look like this. You know, time plus the influence of outer things <laughs> equals gray. So, uh, But I remember I, I reached a point when I was first growing it right. Now I don't grow it right. It's just there because it's there. I don't have time. But when I was first growing it right, I went to a barber. 
and I was like, I can't get any growth. And he kind of just looked at it. He's like, well, and he just started cutting what I had done off. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, that's dead. And that hair is not going to grow right. And if you're truly trying to get it to grow long, you have to cut it. And here I'm thinking, just grow, just grow, just grow, just grow. Mm -hmm. It kind of tells you that you shouldn't go through life trying to just check boxes. When you're in relationship with Christ and you're really dealing directly with him, it really is a process of what do you hold on to, what do you let go of. I don't know, Lawrence, in, in ministry, I think, and just as we're just operating in the church and having our daily walk, that struggle, that tension, I think the word Andy always used is ambivalence between <laughs> those two things, you know. We hold on and that feels right. But sometimes mm -hmm. it's a matter of letting go and trusting God that he understands what is supposed to happen next for your life, you know. And then that scripture goes on to talk about asking Jeremy in his name. Asking in, his, asking name. in his name. Well, that, but it, that still comes back to the, I'm abiding in your love. As right. we talk about the vine and bearing fruit and yeah. abiding, that's what, you know, if you're not abiding in his love, then letting him make the determination of what I need, and that changes how I ask. Mm -hmm. And it, it changes what I what I ask for. So I, that, uh, I... I, I just kind of, I have personally, and maybe this is something I, I think it is something I need to work on. The ask is, is less specific than it ever has been. Mm. And I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily good, but you know, that anything that you ask in my name, we can, we can trust him with, right. but I just want to trust him yeah. with whatever he gives me or doesn't give me. And I got, I, and maybe that's just because I'm still feeling somewhat wounded from different different prunings. That it's like, Absolutely. okay, I know I really wanted this thing, right. and you, and I surrendered that one, and then you gave it. To this. So that's one of my stories. Like, <laughs> I really wanted something, I surrendered that really want. I kind of forgot about it, and then I found myself having that thing that I wanted for wanted, right. and then that got removed. Right. Well, that that pattern has happened three distinct times in my life mm -hmm. and each time it was painful and so my my, my inclination to project what the fruit looks like has waned quite a bit to where it's just now I just want to enjoy I just want to enjoy being with God's people I want right. to enjoy being his son and whatever lands on my plate is what I want to what I want to enjoy. But you, but what you're saying is that you also don't want to simultaneously create complacency. Yeah, there's definitely tension with that. Yeah, because yeah. once mm -hmm. you go through those cuts and you get something, there's nothing stranger than God providing something for you for a lesson and not necessarily for provision. Right. It's I want you to trust me more. And at the end of yeah. this, what I desire is that you trust our relationship. But in reality, you might not end up needing the thing. Yep. And it gives us this reticence, this hesitancy. Once we start learning that, that, that whole lesson, we stop asking for stuff. 
And I think a part of a relationship is the willingness to trust to ask. Mm -hmm. It's just that God conforms our will to his love and how he envisions us. Come on, guys. Yeah. Things that we ask for when we were... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm still young. <laughs> I'm still yes. young. I declare it. <laughs> but when we were younger, man, our, our, our desires have shifted. And yeah. a great deal of that, just at this table, is based upon relationship. Change with God. And as you desire more for the kingdom, and you desire to be in relationship with him, he shapes your desires differently. But I'm in the same boat as you Jeremy, that struck a chord with me. Because what happens with me is I say, oh, I don't need anything. Yeah. I just stop asking. Yeah. And I don't think, Lawrence, I I don't think, and you might want to talk about this, I don't think we can land there. I don't think that's what God is saying, don't ask me. Yeah, that's he definitely it. clearly doesn't say that. No. Okay. I think um, what, I, what I've been discovering more recently through all this is um, the one another aspect of all of this. Because I think initially diving into, I, I can remember distinctly when it hit me of like, what does it actually mean to abide? Mm -hmm. And I started really, really asking that question and going, I just admit, I don't really know what that means. I'm pretty sure I'm not doing it. <laughs> just re just based on what is supposed to happen if you're abiding and all this. And um, of course, a lot of that has to do with him. Um, and surrender to him. It's not like we can make that happen. It's something that's already available, and we just got to walk into that, into that space. But I think um, so much of this, you know, with John 15, it's really important to look at the context of the whole, the whole conversation right. without jumping to a bunch of other chapters, but like to realize that this is part of a long conversation mm -hmm. all the way from 13 to 17, and there's, there's a thread there of ask anything, but it's also in the context of um, of the commandment, this new commandment. So he, it actually starts in 13 when he gives this new commandment um, to love one another with the same love that he loves. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he repeats that in 15. And it's like, when I think about asking now, um, I think about that in the context of the community. Like, I want to ask for the city. I want to ask for my friends. Like, it, it is, there is things that I ask for, but the more that I, the more that I get in, involved with abiding, you know, he says, um, those, the, the evidence that you're abiding is obedience. Mm -hmm. And that's the evidence of your love. Um, and the commandment that he gives us is to love one another. Right. Right. So it's like this circle of like, if we really want to get that to that place of ask for anything in my name, you know, in his name is just simply in who he is, mm -hmm. like in his nature. It's not right. like a, a formula of like, it's not right. If we say yeah. Jesus name, he's going <laughs> to yeah. give it to us. Yeah. It's like, no, he actually wants us to walk like him and to, he expects us to do something completely impossible, which is to love one another with his love mm -hmm. at the same level, which we can't do that. Right. So it causes us to realize this whole thing of how it starts out. Apart from me, you can't do anything. Because right. what we're asking for is supernatural. Mm -hmm. And even that, what, even the element of just loving each other, like it should be so otherworldly that it results in the John 17 
promise of they're going to see this, the world's going to see this, right, the true and know that right. God's real. That's yeah. right. And that's the kind of love that we can't produce yeah. in and of ourselves. That's absolutely the truth. And I love that you use the term, you know, you made that circular. Mm-hmm. That as we ask, as we ask, our desire shifts and our nature becomes more like Christ. That what it should enact, I mean, you know, I'm not a corny person at all. <laughs> but the kingdom, let's say it's followed by every human being on earth. Let's see a utopia. <laughs> Right. <laughs> if we really could. Yeah. And, and, and as ministers of the gospel, there's a slight chance, I'm not a betting man, but there's a, there's a chance that that may not happen until Jesus returns. Right. We may not yeah. see that harmony. I, I have enough <laughs> inner conflict to know yeah. that it's hard to be at yeah. peace and but, harmony with myself. But God has really given us something that it's not formulaic, but it is mathematical. I mean, it is something yeah. that works, that if you're trusting God, having a relationship with God, then I love what you said, Lawrence. You're stepping into a concept that God already has. He's not being informed about this. You're stepping into a thinking where it just becomes residual. I'm not just desiring things for myself. I'm desiring them to see the kingdom affected. Uh, There's a specific Mm -hmm. verse you were reading around it uh, where it says, Verse 13, very common scripture, and I'm going to do something funny. I'm going to read the King James. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends. That's what it says. If you do what I command you. And that's not a box checking. I command you. Mm -hmm. In other words, in his name, we're finishing the ministry of Christ. That's what I take in his name name to mean. Um, Right now, Lawrence, as close as we are, we haven't gotten our families together yet. So if you show up to 31, and I won't finish the address, but if you show up to my house and you say, in Arnick's name, Cherie, go get me something to drink, there might be some problems. <laughs> because that's not built by Abercadabra. Yep. That's built by relationship. And so as we relate to one another, I'm not just desiring what I want for myself. Everything I have is for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like you, Jeremy. I fell flat many times in my life trying to go after things with the wrong concept of why I was attaining them. Yeah. Yeah. I've, Wh- I've been which house broke, pr- car broke. Which makes <laughs> pruning a super large grace. Yes. Because if I think about the relationships that I had when I was 25... And the amount of investment that I put into them was still, at the time, paramount. Just 15, 25, 35, 45 is next. It's probably grace that I got a reset on relationships at times. Because we make mistakes. And so the, the pruning and the now there's new fruit. It's better. Yeah, it's better, and we change. Yeah. Even if you don't make a mistake, as just sticking with that analogy of being a branch, mm-hmm. time changes that. Just the change of time and how the ebbs and flows. Many of us have experienced this, and those of you that are out there listening, 
You may be involved in some type of mission. You may be involved in something in service in your local fellowship. We all experience that sense of loss when people and things move on. Yeah. And it's time, and you're walking into a different area. I'll give you a perfect example. Now, I can't grow anything. I don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> Not good at it. I can get out there and take the tiller and really get that dirt ready, but I can't grow anything. My wife, she had a large, about a 25-yard garden in my grandparents' yard. And I had my little section of things that I kind of worked on. And she walked out there, and all the stuff was growing. And she got to my stuff, and she started trimming and cutting stuff. And I'm like, do you know how hard I worked? <laughs> and she's like, I'm cutting it because it's time. And I'm tying up these branches this mm -hmm. way because it's in a different stage of growth. We have to learn to accept where we are, not be ashamed of where we are. That's big for me. Yep. Not be ashamed of what time it is. And trust God that he sees us. Uh, there's something I want to ask you guys about. And it's about as the scripture continues. Um, I think it's verse 20. It said, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than this Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do. For, to you for my name's sake. I want, just before we, we go, I want you guys to kind of just touch on that a little bit. The fact that part of that process in relationship with God is understanding that there are crosses that have to be borne with that and how that works within your journey as a Christian or as a believer or just a person in dealing with that or maybe how it's affected you personally? Hmm. The, the tension of relationship with unbelievers is... I think when I was young, I realized that that's heartbreaking, not warring, that... Hmm. I, as, as a young teenager, I had, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Right. And, and so that idea has been ingrained in me that if, if I'm in a battle that is with a non-believer, it's a spiritual battle. Hmm. And so that, that, that tension, and I, I, I think we're in a comfortable country where persecution we don't experience it, experience very much. No, I, you know, me, yeah. white, middle-aged, well-employed. I, I, I don't have a lot of context for or persecution. Just you know, running water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, uh, so, so that is something that we are, whether we're blessed or uh, hindered by our lack of persecution. I'll let you read Revelation and determine, yeah. but that that battle of spirit is something that I've been aware of for a long time, and so I think that's probably my first reaction to somebody who is hostile. Is if they're hostile, hostile in the spirit, maybe the, and most of the time those they don't even know it is what I've noticed. It's like they don't have an awareness of 
of spirit. So it's the, the frustration with the world. They're the first person who's miserable. So if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it did. And I don't see Jesus being wounded by that. He went to the cross willingly. The hatred of the world did not did not break his spirit or there break his heart yeah. or discourage That's him. Right. It was it was the the victory that he was there to battle, and and so when I encounter encounter the lack of love for one another that is missing in a non-believer, I I think more it. it it like kindles the fire of my of my love for the the world. The reason why, so you have no patience. So my patience, when I can identify that, my patience is is really ignited in that. Okay, this is the situation. So yes, I have to have the Lord to to infuse me with what that that life that I need. And so that's been something that has been. In my life for a long time, I don't know that I've ever articulated it like this or thought about it in this that context. Was, but beautiful. But, yeah. but that's but that's what I think is happening in in those battles is that this is not a battle of my will in this world against your will in this world. That there's spiritual attitudes and and deep things going on. And Jesus, I'm with him. And he provides whatever that if that guy's impatient with me, well, and part of being part, yeah. yeah, I mean that. I don't know if you know how well you just framed that. <laughs> that is a part of being on the vine. It's watching Jesus's reaction to yes. those same people. Never was vitriol yeah. towards the world. Now we saw Jesus go off on religious systems. That's for another podcast, right? Yeah, we saw him yeah. lose it on people who. Prayed out loud and put on shows. and <laughs> But when it came to the world, their doubt, the disbelief, he saw it as, <laughs> frankly, our responsibility based on this scripture. The scripture closes in verses 26 and 27 saying that the comforter will come. I'll send the spirit of truth and it proceeds from the Father. He'll testify of me through all that. But then he says, and you'll bear witness because you've been with me. Mm-hmm. It's our job to bear witness. It's not our job to feel like we're warring. Uh, with Torch House Lawrence, that's something that I've actually, I feel like I've grown in connection with Christway and with Torch House. That sense of responsibility to the world. And not a focus on what they produce, but what we have to give to them because of our relationship with Christ. And we don't have much time left, but I'd love for you to kind of talk just a little bit about, just piggyback on what Jeremy was just talking about with how we respond, how we make connection with the The, world. The word that was coming to me was just what you said about reaction. This is how Jesus reacted, and we have to pay attention to how we react. And I think that, that pertains not only to people that aren't following Jesus that come mm-hmm. against us, but it pertains to how we react to one another mm-hmm. in the body. Because um, that, that shows the fruit that's, that's in our hearts. That's right. Um, and so when we can identify those things, 
then we can bring that to the Lord and say, uh, you got those pruning shears? I need some help here <laughs> because those are the things that need to go. Um, yeah. Because we're not, and then the other thing that came to mind is, is the spiritual warfare aspect that we don't have enemies on this planet. Like as Christians, you know, we're warring against principalities and so powers. And, yeah. Man, and it's important. like to really look at people as people mm-hmm. and whether or not they have the revelation of Jesus, that's not on us. I mean, we share the gospel and we do the, do the work and, and reveal Jesus just by living for him and the things that we're supposed to do. But ultimately, it has to be the Holy Spirit that reveals truth to their hearts, you know? So yeah. it kind of takes the pressure off. Yeah, it really does, yeah. For me, you know, growing up, I was persecuted. Um, I didn't necessarily realize it at the time, but... Um, or the, I don't know if I, I, I guess I did realize it, but not, I didn't appreciate it at all um, mm-hmm. because my mom worked for the church. So the kids at school growing up for years, my nickname was church boy. And they would, when they'd see me come in the room, they go, ding dong, it's time for church. <laughs> and I would just lose it, just absolutely lose it. Cause it's like when you're 14 years old, yeah, that's that a time, thing, yeah. you know, and now looking back on it, I'm like, I am kind of a church boy. <laughs> like I went to church six times last week. Like yeah. I'm kind of addicted to church, you know. Yeah. Like, so it's kind of funny that that the Lord turns those things around. But um, yeah, I think I think just paying attention to how we react as a young man. No, I didn't know my identity. I didn't I didn't know how to abide. I didn't know that God wanted me to um, love others the way that He did, or even how to do that. Um, so I think just becoming aware of what he's expecting of you and then going, admitting, like, I can't do that. There's no way. There's no way I can love people the way that God does. Or, you know, even even what, you know, the, the other standard before that was, you know, love the neighbor as yourself and do unto others what you would have them do to you. Even that standard was too high. Mm-hmm. And now he's taking it another level up. Yeah. It's like, and that's what Jesus does throughout the whole, all of his teachings. Like, he doesn't make it easier actually makes it harder and i think what he's pointing at is i really want to do this through you i don't want you to ever feel like you can take credit for it like all the glory he gets all the glory that way because anything anything that i can produce is clearly from him like i know that i'm i'm the most starkly aware of that of anybody around me if i produce something that looks good it's just him and i know that because i know what i can do apart from him Mm -hmm. is you know, <laughs> attack people that persecute yeah. me. That's yeah. that was my mo when I was a kid. Yes, yes. <laughs> and time when we were adults, sure, we were taught to have our fist up <laughs> and to be at war. I love what you said that we're not at war with anything that's on this earth. Mm-hmm. And you talked about principality, things that are higher. Mm-hmm. We're not at war with any of those things. Uh, why don't you pray right there, right there, just for the people that are listening, because. Sure. I think that the more that we lean towards that, we'll be the better for it. I think the the kingdom will be the better for it. And just pray us out, Lawrence, on that point. Sure. Heavenly Father, we ask for your perspective, mm-hmm. God, that you are the one who prunes and that that pruning brings life and brings abundance of fruit, Lord. And, and I just pray that for anyone listening, for myself and for these guys in the room, Lord, that um, you would allow us to to embrace that, Lord, that um, even when, when obstacles come and when difficulties come in the kingdom, those are opportunities. 
And if we can see those things as opportunities, we're going to be able to thrive in this life, Lord. And, and, and not that we won't go through stuff, but that we'll know how to navigate. Um, and that you're giving us really a, a, a navigation system here of your love. God, that your love is the, the bedrock that keeps us uh, grounded and keeps our reality in you and how we see each other. Lord, it's so, so valuable and so important that we know um, how to view one another through your eyes, Lord, and, and not to um, withdraw from one another or withhold, because that's not what you do. So God, we just ask that you would teach us how to love the way that you love, teach us how to, how to bear good fruit, how to war from a place of love and to war for love for your kingdom, God, that how to, um, when, when people come against us, that uh, we would be reminded of these things, um, that they're not actually coming against us, they're coming against you, and you're inside of us, and that you, you do um, provoke people that don't know you because it's convicting, that your, your kingdom is not like this kingdom. And anyone that's trying to, to promote or do another kingdom, it's going to grain against them. And we have to be okay with that, that we're not going to just um, not do what you've called us to do because we feel resistance. So God, we pray for your strength and your wisdom that we would truly be ones that abide in you and learn more and more of what that means. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Really appreciate you guys being here for us this week and being a part of this. This is such a wonderful scripture, and hopefully everyone that is listening, if you just take some time out to look at this chapter and read it and let it be a blessing, hopefully that you'll feel the spirit of what we're saying today and let it be a blessing to you. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Uh, we will see you again next week.